Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to another bonus episode, this time with our friend Carrie Kampakis. Melanie and I both think the world of Carrie. She lives here in Birmingham. She is an author and speaker. She writes really frequently about friendships and the mother-daughter relationship and relationships between women. She's one of our favorite people to follow on Instagram, and we were so excited to get a chance to sit down and talk with her a little bit for this episode. You're going to love getting to spend time with her. She's like one of your most wise friends who just shoots straight and so insightful about relationships. So thanks for being here. We'll be back later in the week with our regular episode, and we hope you enjoy this bonus episode with Carrie Kampakis. Hey, everybody. This is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And we are so happy today to have a special guest, Carrie Kampakis. Yes, we are. (laughs) Carrie. Hey. (laughs) Yes. Hey. (laughs) I didn't know if I was supposed to insert there. If y'all do not know Carrie, um, which I imagine you do, but just in case you don't, Carrie grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. She graduated from the University of Alabama. She lives here in Birmingham. She's written, you've written four books, right, Carrie? Right. Four books. And she is a beloved Birmingham newspaper columnist. Um, and she's the mom of four girls, the wife of Harry. And um, you got a lot going on. Yes, we all do, but it's it's good. It all kind of intertwines with each other. So I'm curious because you grew up in Tuscaloosa, you went to Alabama. Um, you can say roll tight if you want to, we just won't respond, but, <laughs> but, but does your life look like you thought it would? Gosh, you mean when I was growing up? Yeah. Like what you, what you thought of, like, you know, no, when, okay. That's, I mean, that's such a good question. You know, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I guess I probably, I thought I would have three children. So when I okay. got pregnant with a fourth, that totally threw off my plan and threw me for a loop. <laughs> And um, I don't know. I don't really know if I really thought about the future that much growing up. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought I knew I'd get married. I ho- hoped I would get married and have children, but I wouldn't say that I didn't, I didn't think I'd be a writer and be doing the work that I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, did you think about writing books? Did you dream about writing books? Well, I just liked being creative and okay. it was one of those things that I was, you know, my parents were always encouraging us to be creative and, oh, don't give me a father's day gift, write me a poem. And so, I mean, I'm not kidding. I was writing my dad poems until I was in college because that's oh, all he ever wanted. Cute. It was sweet. But um, I mean, I was like, I'm probably the only 18 year old doing this, but but it's funny. I do look back. It was always kind of a stress reliever for me. I always like using that side of my brain, but I mm-hmm. never really thought you can make a job out of it. So same. I, yeah. I mean, probably uh-huh. like y'all, I did a lot of other yeah. things. I did PR, I did photography. I did a lot of other things before I ended up into writing. But you share so much wisdom. Sorry, Hazel's upset about something. You share <laughs> so much wisdom on Instagram about parenting and friendship and womanhood. Um, so I'm curious because Melanie and I aren't what you would call 
super like organized. Um, <laughs> how do you organize that side of your life, the social media side? How do you know what you want to share or when you want to share that kind of stuff? I wish I had some great system, but I really don't. <laughs> oh, uh, I feel better about that. Okay. Yes. No, I really, I feel like I'm always like doing it wrong. And, you know, I had somebody tell me a while back, they're like, you need to be doing reels. And, and I'm like, that's just oh, not no. my personality. I like, I would feel like an idiot personally. Like that's just, that's just uh-huh. not me. And so, um, and it's funny, a lot of the the things that I've been sharing really in the last six months, just more of the, the slides, those uh-huh. are just blog posts that I wrote from years ago. And I just started making them into slides for Instagram. Okay. How, okay. Hold on. Hazel, come on. How are you making them? Oh my gosh. How are you making them into slides? What are you doing to make them into slides? I just go to Canva and I take the old blog post. And so really, I mean, I'm one of those people, I think both of you are really fast writers. I'm not a fast writer. It takes me forever to even write a blog post. And so it does make me feel a little bit better about all the hours and hours I spent about writing something that might've been from five years ago, that I've been able to to take it and repurpose it. And so y'all are both, you know, y'all are ahead of me really. So, you know, we have enough material in the past now that we can kind of repurpose it and recycle it a little bit. Uh And especially I think some of the topics that we write about really are kind of timeless topics. And so that's really what I've been doing is just taking some of those old articles, but it is interesting because sometimes I'm reading something I wrote five years ago and I have something that I've changed my mind about a little bit or I've I've altered. And so there's always that, but, um, but it does help, especially, you know, when you're in a season of writing a book and releasing a book and you don't have a lot of time to come up with fresh new material for Instagram or social media to be able to take something that you've already done and put it out there in a different way. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and I love it because to me, there's so much that like just posts that you've put up recently where I'm like, that feels so relevant now where it may not have to me five years ago, just as uh-huh. I was in a different stage of motherhood, you mm-hmm. know, like, so it just, it, it feels fresh, even if it's not. And I think there's so much I, for me, I always think once I post something on Instagram, I'm like, well, everybody's seen that. Right. And then you realize like, <laughs> No, they haven't. Like right. the way the algorithm works, maybe 5,000 people have seen it, but a whole mm-hmm. lot of other people haven't. So right. I, I have wondered because you touch on so many issues that are so close to women's hearts. Do, do people share a lot of their, their stories with you? Like, do you feel like you get a lot of feedback from people about their own difficult things that they've, they've been through, whether that's with friendship or parenting or whatever? I do, you know, up until up until probably five years ago, I would, I would say that most of the stories that I would hear and the feedback I got were more related to what people were experiencing with their daughters, just because right. I was writing for teenage uh-huh. girls and you're hearing from the moms. And it just gave me such a heart for moms because I'm like, gosh, these moms just love their girls so much, you know, mm-hmm. and you just realize yeah. how hard they're trying and, and they're reaching out, you know, just their daughter's struggling and they'll, they'll travel four hours to take them to a speaking event, just anything that might help them when they're going through a low season. And then, but it's been interesting as now that I'm getting closer to 50. And I mean, I, I call this the season of major league stress, just your forties and the the things that we all go through. And if we're not going through it personally, just the women that we love are going through it. And it's, you know, divorce and death and cancer and financial loss and just, or a wayward teenager, just some big struggles. And so that's really what I've been hearing about more in recent years is just the struggles of the mothers and the parents. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. hard. I mean, and I, I have it in my life too. It's just hard. And it's, it's really made me realize. And that's one reason I wrote the new book is that for us to be strong parents, we've got to be in a good place and take care of ourselves. And we need our adult friendships. We need um, to be feeling ourselves as adult women so that we can turn around and be strong for our children. But um, I just feel like in this culture of child-centered parenting, we don't always allow ourselves that grace to be able to take care of ourselves and to, to fill our cup 
so that we can be, you know, and these serve, I guess, serve other people in all the roles that we are, whether it's a wife or a mother or a friend, all the things that we're pouring out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like we're really investing in ourselves enough and getting ourselves in a good place because we're facing this major league stress and some, or just the fatigue of the epidemic and just everything that we've been through in the past two yeah. years. I, I just really have started to feel it on top of yeah. just getting older too. Oh, well, mm-hmm. and there's that, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so a couple of years ago, we're going to talk about the new book in just a second, but a couple of years ago, you wrote a book called Love Her Well. Um, was that a couple of years ago, Carrie? It was. was that- well, it was 2020 is when it came out. Okay. okay. Oh, that was a great year for us to come out. Yeah. You had one come out too, did you? Yeah. 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 And so we all did, didn't uh-huh. we? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. about yeah. talk about trusting God's timing. I mean, seriously. Um, but I will say, love her well. I will never forget reading that book for the first time. I mean, I, I know Melanie would agree with this, so I feel free to speak for her. It, mm-hmm. I mean, arguably, it is the best book either one of us has read about the dynamic of in the dynamics in the mother daughter relationship. It's yeah. so good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I good. Mean, it was. I it mean, was really inspired by my mistakes. I mean that. <laughs> Truly so, it was. I mean, well, it's, it's such a complex relationship. I mean, and, and we could, listen, we could spend this whole time talking about that, but you're kind of moving into a new, a new phase of motherhood. I feel like your daughter, Ella is a freshman at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your, your girls are getting older. Um, I, you know, you're not, it's not, you're not tying anybody's shoelaces anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a different deal. Do you feel like do you breathe a little bit easier now in terms of the motherhood side of your life? Do you, are you, do you feel a little bit more relaxed to enjoy those relationships now, or is it just a different kind of pressure and stress? Yes, I I do. I I mean, I actually enjoy these years more than when they were little because Mm -hmm, I'm uh having four little ones. I mean, I look back at pictures (laughs) and I'm just like, I look so tired. (laughs) I mean, I was exhausted exhausted, Uh and I was so short tempered and I just felt like there was never enough of me to go around. And so, I mean, the teenage years, but it it brings bigger worries. I mean, because now they're driving and they're going to college and they're going on spring break with their college friends. And I mean, you're just on your knees so much, but I do think it's so fun. I just, I love the season of life. And I think I love the season of life for myself. And so it's really fun to see my daughters going into it too. But Mm -hmm. um, I just love kind of getting to know them as real people and getting to build a real relationship and just thinking about that friendship I want to have after they leave home and that connection. So I do think it's easier in that sense, but the stress and the worry is a lot more overwhelming. And, And I do feel like, you know, taking care of myself, like, Another reason I wrote this book was it's not only for myself, but it's really for what I'm modeling for my children. Mm-hmm. And it hit mm-hmm. me. And Sophie, I know you've lost your mother too. But after I hit my, after I lost my mom, it, it hit me that, you know, you have this flood of memories that come back. And like the majority of my memories were from my teenage years, my college years and my early twenties. And I, mm. I don't know if it's because you just, you just remember more from that age because your brain is more developed. And then also I was still spending a lot of time with my mom. Mm-hmm. And so it just hit me. I was like, you know. I keep stressing to my daughter before she goes to college, take care of your health, you know, your relationship with God and your health are the two most important things. And I really wanted her to be, you know, an advocate for herself. If you're not feeling well, go to the doctor. If you need to keep this appointment, you know, don't, don't cancel it. But I was thinking, am I doing that in my own life? And so it really just made me more aware Mm. of really modeling more in my life, just from the health and wellness standpoint, Mm -hmm. what I wanted to see in my girl's life, because I feel like they're going to remember what they're seeing right now. They might remember, not remember much from 10 years ago, but they'll remember this season. 
So one of the things that I have figured out about myself over the years is that if I'm going to work out, then I need to keep changing it up. I can't go to the same class and do the same set of six exercises or I will die of boredom. I have to keep it fresh or I'll quit from the monotony. And I want to keep working out because it's really important. That's what all the experts tell us. So to me, that's what's so great about Peloton. Peloton pushes you further with so much new on the Peloton bike and the Peloton bike plus. They have new classes. They have new music. They have new ways to keep your workouts fun and motivating. And if I'm going to keep working out, I need it to be fun and motivating. One of my favorite things Peloton has added this year is boxing. They're stepping into the ring with the newest discipline. No gloves needed, so you can do it at home. You can discover a fast, furious, and fun workout with Peloton instructors in your corner. And even if you've never boxed before, these classes will have you working up a sweat while working on the fundamentals of form and footwork and fun combos that will keep you on your toes. Y'all don't even know what a workout this is. It's so fun, and it's just something different from what I've normally done. It's so much easier to stick to your goals when you you keep your workouts interesting. Peloton has a workout for every day and every schedule. You can de-stress from a long day with 30 minutes of strength and 20 minutes of cardio. You can do a quick 15-minute total body class before you have to go to work or before you pick up the kids from school. It makes it so easy to stay motivated and you can have fun with bike workouts, yoga, meditation, dance, cardio, and more. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N dot com. OnePeloton.com to learn more. Well, and I think one of the things, it was funny because I told Perry last night that we were talking to you today and he was like, oh yeah, because he gets on my Instagram and looks. And, <laughs> I love it. And he goes, he goes, so what does she do? He said, what makes her different than other like mother-daughter, like people that you read that talk about the mother-daughter relationship. And I said, one of the things I love about you is that you're a realist. Like it's, I said, nothing Mm -hmm. about her is too precious. Like, I just feel like thank you. you've always been real about that. I think that's why love her well was so good was because it did come from this place of authenticity of like, okay, here are some ways that I've messed up and here are ways that we can do it better because we're all going to mess up. You know, that's the whole thing is it's just that give and take of figuring out. And I can't even imagine because I'm like, it feels like a roller coaster to me parenting one girl, but to have four different personalities that you're trying to figure out. Right. It's like whack-a-mole. Who needs me today? (laughs) (laughs) Which fire needs to be put out? I know it's so true. And I just think that we live in such a, I mean, just a society that doesn't give mercy, doesn't talk about forgiveness, doesn't talk about your one mistake is not going to ruin your life forever. And Uh I just worry so much about this next generation because they think they have to be perfect. They think that one mistake will ruin their life forever. And, you know, and some dire things are happening because of that mentality. And so the older I get, I'm like, I just don't be scared for my kids to see my humanity and for them to see me mess up and admit that I'm, I'm wrong. And my favorite part about love her well is, you know, that story I opened up with where I'm on the floor crying, bawling my eyes out because I was Uh fighting with my daughter and just knew that something needed to change and it had to be me. But when that happened five years before that, I mean, I was writing books for teenage girls. So everybody's like, oh, she's the, the teen expert. And so I remember being on the floor that day thinking nobody can ever know about this because right. it's, yes. I totally would lose yes. credibility, you know, like I'm uh-huh. not the expert they think I am because I can't even get along with my own daughter. But then the fact that God used that story and I was willing to share that as the opening story five years later, it was such a testament to what he did in my life and my heart that I was not embarrassed by that anymore. And I was not, yeah. I was not scared to sh- share that. And then since that, like, that's the number one thing that moms tell me when they read the book, they're like, I'm crying on the first page because this is me right now. Uh And so I just think it's those things that we think will make us lose credibility as parents or 
experts in whatever they think we're an expert in, it's really, it's going to make us more relatable to people when we can admit like, hey, I got this wrong, but I realized that. And this, these are the steps I did to try to make it right. Because I think when we do that for ourselves and somebody hears that story, it's going to make them maybe look at themselves and say, you know what, I've done that in my life too, you know, that maybe I need to kind of make these pivots also and work on that relationship. Yeah. And and I think too, the stuff that we assume will disqualify us, you know, like in whether that's in motherhood or um, at our jobs or in marriage or in our families, wherever it is, the stuff that we think, oh my gosh, I have to keep this to myself because nobody, like those are absolutely the places I think that ultimately give us credibility when we're honest and transparent about struggling in that spot. You know what I mean? Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. And just the relationships that come from those moments, it just, he really does. He really can redeem any mistake or any misstep. And I just think if more people knew that, if we could be more open, then we'd have those deeper relationships and friendships that we're all craving so much, but Mm -hmm. it's hard to be that first one to to go there and say, okay, this is, this is what I did, or this is what's going on in my life right now. Yeah. 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 I remember one time, this is a sidebar, but I remember one time David and I had a huge fight one Sunday before church. I mean, just like the biggest, the biggest, ugliest fight over nothing. Like seriously, like over (laughs) the alarm, not going off or something. Uh And we ended up missing um, small group because like we, like we could, it was one of those things that we, it, we could not deescalate. Like neither one of us was willing to, to back, to, to back away from our, our very strong sense of rightness. Yes. Um, and, and, and I remember like thinking, I am so, I'm, I'm so embarrassed that like, we have had an argument that's kept Alex out of church today. It is kept us out of church. Today. <laughs> and, um, and so I will never forget, like, um, I texted, um, a couple of my friends from small group, I was like, look, it has, it has been a, a, a hot mess over here today. And they were like, come to lunch. And so we ended up meeting everybody at lunch and just kind of like breaking down what had gone south that morning. <laughs> and, um, and it, it had finally started to get a little funny, you know, by that point, yeah, you can right. kind of see how ridiculous it was. But what I will remember about that particular lunch, we were at Chewy's on the patio. And um, what I remember is, is all the like, oh my gosh, us too. I remember the us oh, twos, yes. you know, from yes. that day. Yeah. And so, and I, I don't know, I think because I can be a people pleaser sometimes when there are tricky things like that, I, my, my first instinct is just to internalize it and to think, well, nobody has to know that necessarily. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it, but, it makes me think of a friend I have that goes, she has done a good job of like going to the beach with her sorority sisters, her best friends from college every year since they graduated. And she said what started happening about five or 10 years in was that the first day was great. It's all kind of the superficial conversation. And then the second day, there was always somebody that was like, okay, y'all, I'm really struggling with something and I've got to tell you, and it might've been divorce or whatever was they were going through. And it's like the minute that one person did that, everybody else started sharing their struggles too. Yeah, It's like you had to have that one person go first and be vulnerable. Uh And it's Uh hard because sometimes you do that in the wrong place. You might get crickets, you know, (laughs) like they might, Uh it might not be received so lovingly. And so it's hard to know, like, who are those safe people to have those conversations with, but I just think it's instrumental and like deepening your relationships. And like you said, having those kind of friendships where people will say me too, that has happened in our house as well. Yeah. 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 I will say Melanie and I have been able to be um, a safe place for one another for many, many fights over the years. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
yeah. because, you know, in separate states, it feels like it's not as high stakes sometimes to go like, hey, I shut myself in the bedroom for a couple of hours, yeah. or whatever, yes. you know, however that yeah. plays out. Yeah. Well, and there's not the whole, and then now we have to all go out to eat together tonight. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, there's a little bit of distance there. So it's, it it just feels a little safer sometimes. She does not have to sit across the table from David and secretly (laughs) resent him. She feels like he said the wrong thing to me. (laughs) That's Um, right. But I do that with my teenagers too. Sometimes if it's a topic that I'm like, I can't really talk about it with anybody here because they're in our lives daily, but I'll call a friend that lives out of town and it's yeah. like the perfect scenario. And then she usually has something going on in her life too. So it's like, yeah, you're not like in each other's daily world. It just makes it a little bit safer. Yeah. yeah. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. And I think one of the things like, so your new book is called more than a mom. Um, Sophie and I both endorsed it because we love everything you write. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mm-hmm. such a good message because I think when you're a young mom, it's so easy to lose yourself in motherhood. You know, it's so mm-hmm. all consuming, like, and it's hard to even think back to those days where you're like, Oh, I didn't even go to the bathroom alone for like five years, <laughs> right. you know, like <laughs> nothing that feels like your own. It may have been um, 10 years for Carrie. Did you, I right. was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A decade is a blur. So I can't even remember. <laughs> Yeah, that you can't, but I think it's, you wake up and you kind of feel like maybe you've lost yourself. And I think we have so many young moms that listen. So like, what would you say to young moms who feel like they're losing themselves in the midst of caring for all the little people in their charge every day? Yes. You know, I wish I could just tell myself this, that I I have a personality and I think most moms are like this. And it's like all in, you know, there's Uh one thing in life I did not want to fail at. It was motherhood. And so it is 150%. And I think we start off with so much energy and adrenaline and just this determination to do it. Well, we haven't made all the mistakes yet that really humble you and kind of take you to a better place. But um, I just remember hearing about self-care and just kind of rolling my eyes as a young mom, like, that's just an excuse to go take bubble baths or get chocolate or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need that. And so really when I, when I was a young mom, I felt like a nap kind of made everything better. Like I just, I was physically exhausted, but a nap or a little time to myself and I would feel better. But I just think it's so important for us to have something of our own. And I remember hearing that early on as a mom that just have something of your own beyond your family that brings you joy. Yeah. And for me, you know, even having writing is God is so gracious that some days when I was having especially if there was a day when I had three teenagers mad at me at once, you know, that <laughs> sometimes those were the days that I'd get like the best email from somebody who was touched by a book or something that brought me joy from another area of my life that I'm like, he is so good. He knew that I needed this today. Yeah. And so I just think something that has, you know, that, that kind of helps us separate that. And just, just like I said, investing in ourselves. And it's hard because we live in this culture of child-centered parenting. And so it never mm-hmm. feels like enough. And I've just really realized like, oh, this is why we're called to be Christ-centered parents and not child-centered parents. Because Mm. when we focus all this energy in our children, you know, we sacrifice things like I'm, I'm investing in their friendships, driving their friends around, but I wasn't investing in my own friendships. They were getting put Mm -hmm. on the back burner. That's a whole word. That's so good. And Uh so I did, I don't know. I felt like I needed my friends when my kids were little, you know, it was like the play groups that just change whoever baby diaper needs changing Mm -hmm. everybody to pitch in. And then you go through a phase that sweet spot, I think between, you know, like five to 12, it's kind of like, this is easy. I got it figured out. And for me, I felt like my, my family was enough. I was happy. I almost felt like I didn't need my friends. And then I had teenagers and I was like, whoa, you know, yes. like, this that is hard. Is the uh-huh. truth. Yes. That is so true. And then I realized, but I'd put my, my friends on the back burner, you know, yeah. cause I'd kind of neglected it. So I really had to go kind of backtrack and really start investing in friendships again and taking my focus on being child centered to really be more Christ centered. 
but That's it was good. a process. I love a good manicure. In fact, I feel almost like I'm not ready for the day or I'm not dressed for the occasion if my nails are not done. But as y'all know, it can get a little expensive to keep going to the salon. It can be $35 or $40 for a good manicure. And that is why I am so delighted to tell you about Olive and June. Because with the Olive and June Manny system, you can treat yourself to beautiful nails on your time with polishes that last over seven days. And get this, they do not chip and they have press-ons now. I actually got some press-ons recently and I have them in a bag to take to Retha because Retha loves her some press-ons. I can't wait for her to try them. Olive and Jean provides everything you need for a salon caliber manicure from the file to the buffer to the clippers the whole deal I am not a great nail polisher I have a tendency to make my nails look like maybe I painted them in the dark but with Olive and June and their poppy which is a patented brush handle that makes it so easy to paint with both of your hands you can make your nails look like they're professionally done. I think there's something really therapeutic about doing your own nails. There's something super relaxing about it. And Olive and June gives you everything you need to have a great experience and to make your nails look great. I am a huge fan right now of three of their polishes, which are all named after remarkable women who inspired the polish colors. The first one is CDJ, which is this beautiful sort of grayish, pinkish, neutral, and then there's a darker gray that I loved called AW and kind of a milky white polish that is called BEB. And it looks like the quintessential summer nail color. If you prefer a press-on nail, you should know that the press-ons have the most sizes ever so you can really find your best fit. Olive and Jean press-ons are actually the only press-on nails that are made from 94% post-consumer recycled material. So you can feel good about that too. This is such a great way to pamper yourself. This is also such a great gift for a graduate that you might know. I'm a fan. It's so fun that getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true all because of Olive and June. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com slash bigboo for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash B-I-G-B-O-O for 20% off your first mani system. One of the things you talk about in this book that I love so much that I don't even know if I had ever thought much about but when I when I read it I was like that's so good is that <laughs> um we need hobbies like yes. yeah we we need and you said that a second ago like we need something outside of our families like we we just need a place to put our energy a place that's ours like a thing we can call our own yeah and and it made me remember like the reason why I started my blog way back when was because David said, I think you need a hobby. Like, I think he could see, yeah. <laughs> like he could see sort of the, the, there's, there's something that will, that will come into, to parenting sometimes that looks a little bit like obsession. You know what I yes. mean? Like it yes. Just, mm-hmm. yes. You just oh. get, I, somehow it will just consume you. And so what are some of the hobbies, Carrie, that you've picked up over the years? Like, what are some of the things that you've done in the midst of, of raising these four girls that have been kind of an exhale for you, that have given you a little bit of breathing room? Gosh, a lot of things. I've, I've, I love to exercise. That's probably my biggest just stress reliever or just trying to just get my mind in a better place or just going mm-hmm. on a walk. The older I get, I'm more like walking rather than running. Yeah. Um, so that I, I love to read. So reading, it keeps mm-hmm. us from making our children the center of our universe. And it keeps us from putting that pressure on them 
to make yeah. us happy because sometimes mm. they don't make us happy. <laughs> sometimes yeah. they don't love us back. And, you know, the only way we can keep loving them and being the parent is if we're getting our strength and joy from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I Definitely. think that's so true. I think I remember Gully said she went back to work um, teaching preschool when her youngest was about three. And she said, I need to do this because if I don't, she said, I sit on the couch and think about all the things that I can or need to do for my kids. And I'm going to drive us all crazy. And yes. I always yes. think about that because, you know, when you have too much downtime, like this week, I was just telling y'all I've been sick and Caroline's been playing it, and I've had way too much time to like micromanage that in my head. You know what yes, I mean? Like it's, so I'm, I'm so much better when I'm doing my own thing and involved and active and whatever, because I don't have time to sit and analyze every little aspect of her life that she doesn't want me analyzing. And I don't need to be <laughs> yes. analyzing, yes. you know? And so. I think that's, and I've realized that about myself. Like I am so like, there's gotta be something in my life I'm channeling energy into. And if it was only my children, it would not be helpful mm. to them. It would no. be to the point of obsession. It really would. Yeah, it really, and it's so easy and you don't mean for it to happen, but it happens so fast because you love them so much. And then all of a sudden you look up and go, oh, my perspective on this is right out of whack. Perhaps I have overstepped. Uh (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I want to ask you one thing, Carrie, before um, we're going to ask you a fun question at the end, but um, I thought about this this morning just this whole idea. I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about motherhood and and the three of us are mothers, but we have people who are listening who are not moms. And I I think sometimes what gets overseen um, or maybe, I don't know, just, we, we don't, we don't talk about it enough is the importance of, of women who maybe aren't mothers, but are super influential in the lives of the next generation. So, I mean, they, they could be a mentor, they could be an aunt, they could be an older sister, like it, but, but as, as the mom of four girls, what would you say about the importance of having just women across the board in your kids' lives who can, um, you know, just be a voice of truth and reason and compassion and grace and all that for them? Oh, yes, that is a great question. And, um, and I think it's such a misconception that you have to get married to be happy. But I'm like, no, you create the life and God is calling us all into different areas. But like my daughter has a dance instructor and she's single and she's amazing. And she's such a great role model for them. And she helps them with tryouts. And, and she told me this before she, she prays for them as she's going to practice. And, um, and she's like, you know, I get to go home and recharge, you know, I can right. be positive around <laughs> mm-hmm. them because I'm not 24 seven. And it's so true. Like there's so much you can bring to the table doing that for the next generation. And so I just really want to encourage women and other, other women who might not have children of their own, that you can be a spiritual mentor. You can be a spiritual mother. I mean, you can be a counselor, a coach. I mean, there's so many different roles that, and as y'all know, this, as you, as your kids get older, you really need those people in their lives yeah. because they're kind of hundred percent. I mean, I'm yes. like, they're like, of course you have to say I'm good at, at cheerleading because you're my mom. Like they stop mm-hmm. believing you. And so it just kind of sounds flat coming from you, but the same yep. thing coming from an expert or coach or somebody who doesn't have to love them, who's not related by blood, that that just can mean the world to them. And so, um, you know, and you also realize too, that we can only take them so far as mothers that we we're limited. And mm-hmm. usually our children have some interest that's outside our expertise. And so you have to rely on the, the wisdom and the mentorship of someone else. And just, I'm so grateful for those people in my daughter's lives. Just like, Oh, just thank you. Good and job. especially when they're 
when they're doing it and also doing it from a faith perspective, just speaking truth into their life or just sharing good advice, good guidance that I know is going to help them. I'm like, thank you. Can I just pay you for that? Because it's priceless, you know, it's priceless. priceless. It really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and you need people like, I can't tell you how many of your posts that like I've sent to Caroline on Instagram because she doesn't know you, you know what I mean? So like, she's going to listen, like that's, you have a lot of wisdom that her mom doesn't necessarily have, you know? So, (laughs) and, and when I send it, I say it like this. I know you already know this, but just thought that this was real. This is reaffirming, you know, oh, like, good. and I, good. I'm like, number one, I don't know that you already know this, but I'm going to give you credit <laughs> for knowing this, but just thought this was, but you do need so many different voices. Oh my gosh. That's the yes. truth. They're going to listen. You know, and I think about the um, vet that Caroline worked for this summer, this older woman who has been such a mentor to her and gets her in so many different ways than I do, you know, yes. and it's just so powerful when you see that in your kids' lives. Okay. So our last question, you know, we wrap up the podcast every week and we talk about our five favorites. What are a couple of favorites of yours right now, Kiri Kampakis? What are a couple of things that you love that are, um, that you feel the need to share? Okay. Um, one, I just finished watching 1883. Okay. okay. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it is so good. It broke my heart, but it's, it's so good. Okay. It's, All right. Okay. I've watched the first two, but I haven't continued. So okay. that this feels affirming for yes. me. Y'all keep watching. It gets even better. I mean, it's okay. so good, especially if you're familiar with Yellowstone and you get that mm-hmm. connection. It's, oh, it's so good. Um, okay. So that, and then um, you could tell I've been watching a lot of TV. Uh, we also finished, my <laughs> husband and I finished Cobra Kai. Oh, oh yeah. I haven't pretty... watched Cobra Kai either. Okay. It's um, I mean, it's so corny, but it's it's one of those shows, as my 15-year-old said, like it's corny, but you can't stop watching it. Like you're just it's okay. good. Okay. That's fun. good. Mm-hmm. Um uh Alexis Cafe. I went to lunch there yesterday and it's my favorite. It's just this <sighs> Alexis. Oh, I love it. It's just this little Parisian cafe in Mount Brick Village. They have the most delicious birthday cakes. You can even order a slice of cake and they'll deliver it warm to your table. So the birthday cake is next level. And yeah. oh. what'd you get yesterday? I always get the um grilled chicken salad, the goat okay. cheese. It's goat cheese and grilled chicken. I forget what else is on it, but they're also known for their quiche, their soups. Everything's good. I love their quiche. Oh. Melanie, the next time you're here, we're gonna go. Okay, I'm in. I'm yes. ready. And I'm gonna crash. I'm gonna come with y'all. Yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Even better. Even better. Okay. Yes. That sounds awesome. Well, thanks, Carrie, for being with us. And thanks for writing great books. And when does More Than a Mom come out? Tell everybody so they know. It comes out April 5th. Okay. So just coming up, just around the corner. I know. I know. And thank y'all for inviting me on here. You two are, I mean, two of my favorite bloggers, authors, everything. And I, um, I just love how real you are. And just knowing you over the years, I just love how I just, I just think, you know, I think our industry has changed so much, but both of you have just stayed so consistent and true to who you are. And it's just affirming to, I don't know. I love, and plus you're hilarious. So thank you for the work you do. Well, we feel the same way. So we loved having you on today. We're so glad you could be with us. And we're going to go to lunch soon. Yes. Yes. Now that you're a retired woman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Can we go to lunch? Well, thanks y'all for listening. And we'll be back later in the week with our regular episode. Um, but, and we'll leave information in the show notes about where you can find and follow Carrie on all the things. All right. Bye everybody. Talk to y'all later.